Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. One week into the playoffs and we saw it all during wildcard weekend. From stunning come-from-behind victories to sensational plays to the most dramatic finales. Now, throw into the equation the number one seeded teams from the AFC and the NFC and you have eight teams remaining in the NFL's postseason. Eight teams all acutely aware they are just two wins away from a place in Super Bowl 57 next month in Glendale, Arizona. Whose season will finish this weekend? Who will go on to championship weekend in the playoffs? Let's turn the page and look ahead to the NFL's divisional round in this year's playoffs. Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Hello, welcome along to the show. This is Graves on Gridiron. I am your host, Richard Graves. It was a a sensational wildcard weekend um, to kick off the NFL's postseason. And now we're down to the final eight teams with the Kansas City Chiefs, the number one seeded team in the AFC, and the Philadelphia Eagles, the number one seeded team from the NFC thrown into the mix. If you are new to the show, where have you been? Every week in the regular season, I look at the slate of games on offer, take three of them, and then compare them to the line set by the odds makers, dissect them, break them down, and give you my thoughts on those matchups. However, when we get to the postseason, we don't just take three. We take every game being played in the NFL playoffs. Against the line last weekend, we were three and three. In terms of picking outright winners, a perfect six and oh. Well, we need to be perfect against the line as well. So let's take a look at the four matchups on offer this weekend. The divisional round in the NFL's postseason. And kicking it all off this Saturday evening, UK time, We see those Jacksonville Jaguars going up to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. It'll come as no surprise that the Chiefs are heavily favoured going into this game. But I have to tell you, there have been few more stunning comebacks than what we saw from the Jacksonville Jaguars last weekend. They were in a 27-0 hole at home to the LA Chargers. Um, And we saw both sides of second-year quarterback Uh, Trevor Lawrence from the four picks he threw in the first half for Jacksonville last weekend to the four touchdown passes he then completed to send that stadium in Jacksonville absolutely nuts. A fan base really bereft of any sort of joy in supporting their team over the last decade, aside from that one run that took them a few years back all the way to the AFC Championship game. They've barely had a winning season, let alone a postseason run. Um, The scenes were remarkable. And it's been an incredible run for the Jaguars as well through December and January, uh, January even, who are riding a six-game winning streak heading into this game, generating much-needed confidence when you're heading to Arrowhead Stadium. Confidence you're going to need in what is sure to be a raucous and fevered atmosphere. Um, In his second year as a quarterback in the NFL, it's worth comparing Trevor Lawrence to Patrick Mahomes a little bit because Year two for Patrick Mahomes saw him become the starter in Kansas City. He led the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game. You may recall it was a game they ultimately lost in overtime to Tom Brady and the New York Patriots, who would go on to win Super Bowl 53 in that uh, year. In his third year in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes led the Chiefs to their first Super Bowl uh, success in 50 years. And now, once again, he's favoured to become the NFL's MVP for a second time. And once again, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs 
find themselves in the enviable position of being the AFC's number one seed and having been able to rest up during wildcard weekend by virtue of securing that bye week. These two teams met back in November. It was also at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs were reasonably comfortable 27-17 winners on that occasion. And you look what Andy Reid has done with this offence this year up there in KC. It's now easy to forget that Tyree Kill, their top threat, um, left in the, the offseason in that trade to go to uh, the Miami Dolphins. And despite that, the Chiefs still finished the year um, ranked number one overall in offense. They were ranked number one in scoring, averaging 29.2 points per game. Patrick Mahomes himself finished with more passing yards at 5,250 and more touchdown passes, 41 in total, than anyone else in the NFL this season. Defensively, this is perhaps the underrated side of the ball up there in KC. It's a defensive unit led by Chris Jones, who has 15 and a half sacks to his name this year. And then at defensive end, you've got uh, the veteran Frank Clark, who has more postseason sacks, 11 in total, than any other active player taking part in the playoffs um, this year. Uh, For Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson, he knows Kansas City all too well. Remember, he was the offensive coordinator when Andy Reid first went up to KC back in 2013. He held that position for two years before taking over the head coaching role in Philadelphia, where obviously he ultimately went on to uh, guide the Eagles to their first Super Bowl success. So it's a bit something of a homecoming for him as well. I have to tell you, the job he's done in Jacksonville this year is absolutely nothing short phenomenal. He's taken the Jags from being the worst team in the NFL 12 months ago, holding the number one overall pick, to champions of the AFC South division. And of course, now they have a postseason win this time around under their belts as well. Um, I've got to say, I think this is where the the fairy fairy tale story ends for the Jags this time around. However, um, they cannot afford to be nearly as careless with the ball as they were against the Chargers last weekend. Um, If they are, frankly, the Chiefs are going to crush them. As it is, Kansas City are seasoned veterans in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes, as he often does, is playing at a different level to almost anybody else in the NFL. That is why he's the leading contender to be named NFL MVP this season. And we should expect the Chiefs to be ruthless in this matchup. They're heavy favourites, as I've pointed out. The line has them as eight and a half point favourites. I think they they win this game comfortably. I think they cover that line. So take the Kansas City Chiefs at minus eight and a half points. The second game on Saturday is a good old-fashioned NFC East affair as the New York Giants travel to the city of brotherly love, the home of the Philadelphia Eagles. And remember, this time last year, Everyone was taking the mick out of the NFC East division. Frankly, they were but of the many jokes. The combined record of the four teams wasn't particularly impressive and led to it being nicknamed the NFC Least. Well, what a difference a year makes. 12 months on, you have three teams, the Giants, the Eagles and the Cowboys, all in the postseason, all in the division round of the playoffs. And the NFC Least is now the NFC Beast. It is an intriguing matchup, not least because of the manner in which the New York Giants went into Minnesota last weekend and took care of business against the NFC North champion Minnesota Vikings. For much of the year, the Philadelphia Eagles, rightfully so with their 14-3 regular season record, have been regarded as the best team in the NFL. And yet, there appears to be a question mark hanging over them right now. And that question mark hangs heavily over quarterback Jalen Hurts, not least 
because he missed three of the final four games in the regular season, uh, trying to recover from a, a sprained shoulder on his throwing arm. Um, he did return for the Week 18 finale against these New York Giants. That was a 22-16 win, but the Giants rested many of their key players because the game, frankly, was irrelevant to to um, to them and had no implication on what happened uh, in the postseason and their seeding. So there's a couple of questions for me here. Is Jalen Hurts truly 100% healthy once again? And can he be that same dynamic player whose accuracy when passing the ball was so much improved um, this year, along obviously with the, the obvious strength he has of being able to be a mobile quarterback and make plays with his legs? Um, there are no such questions uh, surrounding that of quarterback Daniel Jones for the New York Giants. Arguably, he's coming off his best game as an NFL player uh, last weekend. He was sensational um, in that win against the Vikings. He made plays through the air with his arm, on the ground with his legs. He finished with over 70 uh, yards on the ground. Um, the, the one caveat I would have to that, and this is no slight on Daniel Jones or, or the Giants at all, uh, it's just stating facts. The Vikings' defence has been bad this year. The Eagles' defence is anything but. It's one of the better units in the NFL. Uh, Mid-season, they added some veteran experience in the heart of that defensive line to try and and bolster the perceived weakness, which was defending the run. So they brought in uh, the big defensive tackles, Linval Joseph and Super Bowl winner Ndomokun Sue. Um, You look at where this defensive unit as a whole uh, ranked this season, it makes impressive reading. Their defense ranks second overall. It's the best in in defending the pass. It ranked third in takeaways. They finished with 27 takeaways this season. They were eighth in points allowed, giving up 20.2 points a game um, on average. But if there was a question mark, and there still is a question mark, it is about their ability to defend the run. They, They weren't bad this year. They were middle of the road, ranked 16th in the league when it came to defending the run. But it is going to be a critical point in this game because the Giants' offense runs squarely through one man, running back Saquon Barkley. Expect the Giants to employ Barkley early and often in this game. He finished the regular season with 1,365 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. Last weekend in Minnesota, he scored two touchdowns, one receiving, one on the ground. He finished with a total of 109 scrimmage yards. Um, If the Eagles can shut down Saquon Barkley, for me, there's no doubt they win this game. If they cannot and Saquon Barkley takes over this game, then watch out. All bets are off. Um, Look, in reality, I fully expect this to be a good old-fashioned NFC arm wrestle um, on Saturday evening. It's the third time these two teams have met this season. The Eagles are 2-0 in those matchups. It's well known. It's a very difficult proposition to sweep a team and win all three games, including the postseason in the NFL. That would be no mean feat in itself if the Philadelphia Eagles can pull it off. Um, I think it would be a surprise, frankly, if we saw a repeat of the opening meeting back in early December, which took place in New York when the Eagles were 48-22 blowout winners over the Giants. Um, I expect this to be a, a much tighter affair, but... These are the facts. The Philadelphia Eagles are the number one seed in the NFC. They have home field advantage. We all know about that advantage they get from having a home crowd at Lincoln Financial Field. They should win this game. 
but expect the New York Giants to be able to push them all the way and put some points on the board in the process. I don't think there's a blowout here. I think it's a tight, tense affair. I'd give the nod to the Philadelphia Eagles. But for this game, look at the New York Giants point spread. The line is 17 and a half points. I think they score at least 18 in this game. So New York Giants points take the over 17 and a half for this game. Graves on Gridiron. Okay, let's move on to the two matchups that take place on Sunday. We start in Buffalo, where the Bills host the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bills are favoured strongly in this one with home field advantage. Uh, but neither of these two teams, quite frankly, were, were particularly impressive in getting through their wildcard weekend matchups. The Bills themselves raced into a 17-0 lead over the Miami Dolphins, and they were careless with the ball. Josh Allen at quarterback threw two picks. He gave up a fumble, which was returned for a touchdown, and it left the Bills hanging on a little bit at the end um, to to win a game which was far closer than it ever should have been. Um, Equally, the Cincinnati Bengals were pushed all the way by the Baltimore Ravens. Late in the game, they're backed up on their own two-yard line. The Ravens looking set to make a uh, score, a go-ahead touchdown or field goal. And then what happens? The Bengals force a fumble and you have the longest fumble return for a touchdown in NFC postseason history or NFL postseason history, I should say, as as Sam Hubbard took it 98 yards uh, to put the Bengals back in front. And even then, Cincinnati had to to survive a Hail Mary attempt as time expired and the ball literally flicked off the fingers of a Baltimore Ravens receiver in the end zone. So dramatic, that doesn't cover the half of it for these two teams. They will be looking to be a bit more solid and certainly a bit more polished than either were last weekend. Um, As I say, with quarterback Josh Allen, he has got to be uh, more careful with the football. He's got a prize that football far more than he did last weekend against the Miami Dolphins because when he makes mistakes, it undermines one of the best defences in the NFL. That's a unit which finished the regular season uh, ranked second only to the San Francisco 49ers in terms of points allowed. They're only giving up an average of 17.9 points per game uh, during the course of the regular season. But one of the reasons that the Buffalo Bills didn't get the number one seed is because Josh Allen turned the ball over. He had 14 turnovers or 14 interceptions, should I say, during the course of the regular season. And as we've already touched upon, we saw a little bit of that against the Miami Dolphins in the wildcard round uh, this weekend. If the Bills end up giving the Bengals good field position, then they will certainly be more ruthless than Miami were a week ago. For the Bengals, quarterback Joe Burrow is looking to lead the Cincinnati Bengals to to back-to-back Super Bowls for the first time in franchise history. Remember, the Bengals have never lifted the Lombardi Trophy. They have an offense which finished the regular season, ranks fourth overall, and they have a receiver in second-year player, Jamar Chase, who is capable of scoring from anywhere on the field when he gets the ball in his hands. He led the team this year in receptions, he led the team in receiving yards, and he found the end zone in last weekend's win over the Ravens as well. And this is what makes this matchup so intriguing, because the Bills have an explosive offense themselves. Stefan Diggs, the veteran wide receiver, garners an awful lot of tension and understandably so. He once again led the team uh, this season in receptions with 108 and in receiving yards, he finished with 1,429. But Gabe Davis, 
Another big play wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills is someone who just seems to come to life in the playoffs. He had a couple of explosive plays last weekend. He scored a touchdown as well against the Miami Dolphins. And remember, at this stage, the division round of the playoffs 12 months ago, when the Bills met the Kansas City Chiefs, he had a career game, finishing with four receiving touchdowns. Um, Ultimately, that was a game that the Bills came up short in overtime, losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's as a result of that game that the overtime rules have been changed for the postseason this year. Uh, The Bills will be happy to know that history does favour them. They have a really impressive home record in the postseason since 1970. Listen to this. They are 13-1 and when playing in the playoffs at home. Um, They've won two of their last three meetings against the Cincinnati Bengals. However, Cincinnati will look to their own postseason record and say, look, we've only met the Bills twice in uh, postseason history. We are a perfect 2-0 against Buffalo. This will be the first time they've played a playoff game in Buffalo. However, um, it will be competitive. I've got no doubt about that. We have two teams that know their way all too well to the end zone. Um, The Bengals have scored 20 or more points in each of their last eight games. They come into this game riding a nine-game winning streak. The Bills are on an eight-game winning streak. Um, Like I say, we're going to see points on the board. I'm a little bit surprised the the Cincinnati Bengals line for points in this game is set at 19 and a half. They've scored 20 or more in their last eight games, including last weekend's playoff win. They do so again in Buffalo, regardless of the result this weekend. Take the Cincinnati Bengals to score over 19 and a half points in this game. Okay, the final game in the divisional round of playoff matches. Well, perhaps the NFL is saving the best for last. We see the Dallas Cowboys head to the San Francisco 49ers in a matchup that conjures great memories of Titanic clashes from years gone by. Everything from the catch in the early 80s for the 49ers to Cowboys head coach Jimmy Johnson and his how about them Cowboys vitriol in the early 90s. These are two franchises steeped in history and tradition. And when these two teams meet in the playoffs, frankly, America stops what it's doing. America watches. The Niners, well, they might be the best team in the NFC right now. They head into Sunday's matchup riding an 11-game winning streak. And they have a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy under center, who is a perfect 6-0 and as a starter in the NFL. That's complemented by a defense which finished the regular season ranked number one overall. They were ranked number one in points allowed, giving up just 16.3 points per game. That's a phenomenal effort. They rank number two in defending the run. They're second in takeaways this season. They have a total of 28. And importantly, I think, They know that they beat the Cowboys just 12 months ago in a playoff game in Dallas. Well, this one is going to be up there at Santa Clara on home field for the 49ers this time around. And you have to say everything right now, everything looks good um, if you're a San Francisco fan. And yet, and yet, if they are to make it all the way to the Super Bowl, this weekend's opponents might just be their toughest along that route. Dallas go into this game with a top-scoring offense since week seven. That was the week that Dak Prescott returned from injury. Um, They averaged around 32 points per game in that period. Uh, Last weekend, they not only beat Tom Brady for the first time, but they became the first team in 21 years to keep a Tom Brady-led offense off the scoreboard in the first half. 
They have a defense which led the NFL in takeaways this season by a distance as well. We mentioned the 49ers had 28. The, the Dallas Cowboys finished the year with 33 takeaways. They have the fourth most sacks in the NFL. They had 54 this time around. They're fifth in points allowed, averaging 20.1 points per game. And while the 49ers have their own playmaker on defense in the form of Nick Bosa, well, the Dallas Cowboys have their own game record in the form of second-year player Micah Parsons. Between them, Bosa and Parsons have combined for 33 sacks this season. Make no mistake, we're going to see one of these players, if not both, in the backfield of their opponents on a fairly regular basis, I would suspect. It is truly going to be a fascinating matchup. Uh, rookie uh, quarterback Brock Purdy, I have to say, has looked phenomenal every time he's taken the field. But there are question marks uh, and they surround what happens if Dallas can generate the kind of pressure that ruined Tom Brady's evening on Monday night. How does Brock Purdy react in that situation? Um, Dallas them themselves, they score points aplenty. But you have to say defensively at times, they've looked really susceptible um, when teams have looked to run the ball on them and they've been ranked 22nd overall there you know in the, in the bottom third of the NFL giving up 129.3 yards per game over the course of the regular season on the ground and there are few teams frankly that run the ball as well or as often as the San Francisco 49ers do you know running back Christian McCaffrey he's yet to lose a game in a 49ers jersey since making that mid-season uh, move via trade from the Carolina Panthers. And then you've got a couple of players in the likes of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, who are superb with ball in hand in the open field. And it's just not the play, it's not just the players, I think, play a key factor in this game. Look to the siding sidelines because that's the X factor for me when you look at how the respective head coaches go. You know, for the 49ers. Carl Shanahan has been criticised for abandoning the run game at key moments in big, critical postseason matchups. Most notably, you look at Super Bowl uh, 51 when he was head coach of the Atlanta Falcons and Super Bowl 54, uh, sorry, when he was offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons and then in Super Bowl 54 when he was the head coach of the 49ers playing the Kansas City Chiefs. In both those games, the team he was coaching held double-digit leads. In Super Bowl 51, it was a record 28-point lead that the Falcons blew against the New England Patriots. Then, of course, in Super Bowl 54, in the fourth quarter, you double-digits up on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you decide to air out the ball, give the Chiefs uh, the ball back with time on the clock, and we all know what Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill and co. Uh, went on to achieve there. Equally, for the Dallas Cowboys, it's in this matchup in Dallas uh, in the postseason last year that Mike McCarthy was one of those uh, individuals heavily criticised for the manner in which Dallas ultimately lost the game to the San Francisco 49ers. So make no mistake, both head coaches have big roles to play in this matchup as well. But when it comes down to it, with home field advantage, the Niners are favoured to win. And given their recent form, it is difficult to argue with that. However, I would expect this to be an entertaining game. I expect the Cowboys' offense to do what they've done all season long. That's put points on the board. And regardless of the outcome, I look at the line set for Dallas Cowboys' points, which is 22.5 for this game. I, I think with the exception, well, I don't think I know, with the exception of the defeat in Washington, Week 18, the Cowboys haven't failed to score below 23 points 
in, in a game since Dak Prescott returned in week seven. I don't expect that to change this weekend either. So take the Dallas Cowboys to score over 22 and a half points. Okay, let's recap the four divisional round matches in the playoffs this weekend. We start with the Jaguars heading to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs making their postseason bow this time around. Heavily favoured. Take them to cover at minus eight and a half points against the Jags. Then we move on to Philadelphia as the Eagles host the New York Giants. Look at the New York Giants points line. Take them to score more than 17 and a half points in this game. Moving on to Sunday. The Cincinnati Bengals kick things off in Buffalo against the Bills in what I expect to be an entertaining game. Take the Bengals to score over 19 and a half points before we conclude this weekend's round of playoff matches in the Bay Area. The San Francisco 49ers taking on America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Again, expect there to be points on the board in this one. Take the Dallas Cowboys, score over 22 and a half points against the 49ers. As always, remember, first and foremost, this is meant to be fun. It's meant to work alongside your enjoyment of the matchups on your TV screen over the course of the weekend. So make sure you keep that in mind. Enjoy the games. Eight will become four by the end of Sunday night. We will know which four teams are left in the competition in the race to make it to Glendale, Arizona and take place in Super Bowl 57. If you want to read a little bit more about the the four matchups, discussed for this weekend go to my website rdgmedia.uk click on that talking sport tab and there you will see nfl overcoming the odds playoffs divisional round you can read all about it there alternatively get in touch with me via twitter at richard graves one is the twitter handle but for now enjoy this weekend folks we're in for four really exciting games and i for one can't wait so long everybody Subscribe to Graves on Gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts. And keep up to date with the latest on Twitter. Search for Richard Graves 1. That's Richard Graves, the number 1.